Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style On the Social Suplex Podcast Network I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan Alongside my co-host, the young boy, Josh Smith Josh, how you doing? You know, man, they said it couldn't be done. They said we wouldn't be back. We're here. We're in the house. I got two words for you. Social Suplex Network, we're taking over. (laughs) This is where the big boys play on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. You know, I really wanted to call this the once in a lifetime or one in 1,000 podcast, but Jeremy wouldn't let me do it. He thought ace of podcast sounded better. (laughs) But I'm a Tanahashi. I mean, it's Tanahashi either way, whatever. All right. We are we are the Ace Podcast, and you can uh, find us on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Where? Make sure you subscribe on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. Type in Social Suplex Podcast Network and go ahead and leave us that Dave Meltzer five-star rating. Five-star special. No four and a half. No two and three quarters. None of that crap. Five stars. We need it. We'll pay for it. Not really, but whatever. So uh, this week, we're going to start off... um, by talking about the World Tag League, which is happening right now. And as of this recording, uh, the finals have not happened yet, but this episode will be dropping... um, A few days before? uh, No, this episode drops like a day after the finals. Okay. So on next week's episode, we will have full coverage of the uh, World Tag League finals. And, uh, I mean, if anyone out there is really following it to the, to the extent that they're already going to have seen the finals by the time they catch our podcast, I mean, God bless them. It's the World Tag League. I think we're all kind of cherry picking at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we always talk about um, WWE's off season is usually the fall time. They don't have an off season. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they um, kill those guys. Uh, well, it's off season as far as creative stuff as far as storylines like usually nothing hot happens in the fall during wwe so the world tag league is like the off season for new japan so to speak there's not that much that's really happening in the world tag league um the matches are you know decent you're gonna see a lot of three stars three and a half uh tag team matches but nothing out of this world so i mean Honestly, this tournament is, you know, cherry pick worthy. You can find the best matches and kind of watch them. It's not, I mean, you're not going to get lost if you don't keep up with the whole tournament. You literally, that is one of the things about <laughs> about New Japan is um, you could stop at Power Struggle. And then, uh, what, that's in November? Yes. And then pick literally right back up on January 4th. And uh, you'd be fine. Yeah. You'd be fine. I mean, you'll miss some good wrestling. And if you're a fan of the product, which I'm sure you are because you're listening to this podcast, you'll see good wrestling matches. But for storyline, it's minimal. It's minimal. You don't have to. But uh, we're marks for this stuff. We love it. And uh, we're going to cover it. So, I mean, that's what we're doing. And another thing about the World Tag League, it's it's kind of weird to watch because it's – First, there's no announcers – for any of the matches, except the first, the day one show was the, a full shows. was a full show. There's no announcers. It's one single cam. 
Is it uh, single cam for every show? Yes. Pretty much everything I've seen so far has all been single cam. You know, I like the single cam. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about how New Japan has a, a sport presentation style, but when I watch the single cam shots, even though most sports aren't shot that way, there's something about that presentation that... I don't know. For me, it's weird. It's just like, this is like a real sport all of a sudden, you know? It, it doesn't have a, the glitz and glamour of like the, you know, six camera crew setup that like a, a North American or even, you know, New Japan has a great camera production team, but it, it's kind of different. I kind of enjoy it sometimes just seeing that. Yeah, cam. Uh, it's definitely a new, I didn't, didn't bother me. I mean, it's definitely you have to get used to it. Um, but if it, you've ever watched World of Sport. It's very reminiscent of World of Sport in the 70s and 80s. Maybe that's why I like it. Just watch. I don't know. (laughs) And as somebody who's used to watching WWE, it's definitely going to be like a big uh, change for them. Um, They're definitely smaller, more intimate crowds, uh, but it's still cool. So pretty much a little bit, give you a little history of exactly what the World Tag League is. You know, it's a round-robin tag team tournament and it's a spin-off of the G1 Climax, which is a, which is a singles uh, round-robin tournament that happens every summer. Well, uh, I mean, you can go further back, Jeremy. Um, just recently, actually, they were talking about it. So, you know, giving you a brief history lesson not you but like the fans yeah go ahead the historian <laughs> brief history lesson you know um when Ricky Dozen and uh Kimura first started uh you know bringing professional wrestling to Japan in the you know post World War II era um most of their big shows were tag teams. Um, wrestling in New Japan was always headlined and main evented by tag teams. You still see that. To, I mean, today, yes, for the big shows, there are singles titles runs. But for most of the minor shows and most of the, uh, you know, the the road to shows and things like that, you're going to see tag teams headline because that that is what um, drew the the crowds and it carried in the tradition. Ricky Dozan started that and it carried through to all Japan and New Japan after JWA closed in the 70s um this is a like uh it's a round robin spinoff of the i forget what they had in jwa but they also had a tag league um that was very very similar and in uh all japan they had the all japan they had the same tournament basically and new japan has the same tournament so you know tournaments are because the sport presentation are a huge deal new japan has not always been the most tag team oriented promotion per se and that still carries through today i mean they have a lot of tag teams they have great tag team matches but it's just not an emphasis of their programming and exactly usually a, a lot doesn't get booked into the tag division it's almost like the wwe cruiserweight division uh, to, to some extent, except for heavyweights tend to still get a heavier like a heavier emphasis on the card so if even though the tag the heavyweight tag division has been somewhat abysmal this year as it has been for several years for some reason they're still always at the top middle of the card right even though there's better openers and better matches beneath them right and so um you know the whole thing of the tag league the winning team um gets a title shot at the iwgp tag titles at wrestle kingdom as long as it's not the champion because the tag champions are in the tournament so if the tag champions win the tournament i guess there'll be some other way to determine the number one contender um and also how this works it's under a point system so you get two points for a win uh, one point for a draw, and of course you get zero points if you lose. And like I mentioned earlier, it's round robin. There's two blocks: got A block and A block and B block. All the A blocks team wrestles each other. You get a winner. All the B team B block teams wrestle each other. You get a winner. And then the finals: the A uh, block winner and the B block winners meet to get your overall uh, World Tag League um, winners. The World Tag League. That was the name of the original tournament that they ran in uh, JWA, which uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, the uh, JWA was the original premier wrestling promotion in Japan, the Japan Pro Wrestling Alliance, essentially. Kind of like the NWA 
how everything kind of stems from the NWA here in America. Everything kind of stems from JWA. New Japan and All Japan split off from JWA. And they had the world, uh, it was called the World Tag League, and it ran from 1970 to 1972. Uh, JWA folds in 73, right after New Japan and All Japan take all the stars. But uh, yeah, and uh, they even had uh, in the very first. Um, World Tag League, Antonio Inoki. Actually, Inoki won the first two in 1970-1971 on different tag teams. So, I mean, he's the you know he's the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he took that idea, um, and so did Baba, Giant Baba, who founded All Japan. They took this idea and rolled it into New Japan. So, I mean, you know, this this tag league has been going on for years under different names since the 70s. Right. I mean, at one point it was the... Uh, G1 Tag League. Right. It was a super great Tag League. The Madison Square Garden Tag League. Yeah. Like Hogan was in it. Hanson. Yeah. Andre. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. Bob Backlund. Lots of big gaijin talent uh, right. over the years. Um, and speaking of um, big gaijin talent, um, this year's edition of the World Tag League has uh, seen the debuts of a lot of gaijins to uh, New Japan. Um, one of the debuts, uh, Chucky e. T. He's <laughs> teaming with uh, Trent Beretta. They are the best friends. They are a Ring of Honor tag team, also a PWG tag team. Um, you have Jeff Cobb. Uh, some of you might know as Matanza from Lucha Underground. He's teaming up with Michael Elgin. Um, That's all, like the biggest little guy <laughs> tag they, team ever. They are They're short awesome. and wide, but they are awesome. Um, and then also there is uh, Sammy Callahan, who's teaming with Juice Robinson, who you might know as CJ Parker from NXT. They are the team of Death Juice. That's a weird. I it's, still it's such it's a, a weird, weird team. A very weird team. So let's Josh, let's talk about a couple of these guys. Uh, starting with Chucky e. T. We actually got to see him in action at the Ring of Honor tapings in Lakeland. Um, him and Beretta. Um, and uh, Rocky Romero took on uh, the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. What do you think about Chucky e. T? You know, I got to be honest with you. So I wasn't following. I follow New Japan, you know, uh, but Ring of Honor, I don't follow it as much as I probably should. I wasn't even. I knew that. Obviously, I knew Tremperetta and Rocky Romero broke up this past year and had, you know, they were doing different things within chaos. I didn't know about this best friends tag team until we went to see them. They were awesome. Uh and he's called Chucky e. T now, but that's Chuck Taylor, right? Right, Chuck Taylor, yep. I don't really think I've seen too much of Chuck Taylor, to be honest with you. I knew he was in Chikara, and he was like a head trainer at Wrestle Factory, or I think that's what it's called. Um, I've heard the name over the years, but, I mean, what do you know about Chuck Taylor? Because I don't know that Hon- much. Honestly, I don't know that much about him. I mean, I've heard about him, um, PWG, and all the awesome matches he has in PWG and like you said like I've heard his name throughout the years but I've never really seen anything solid he and he recently just came to Ring of Honor and I watch Ring of Honor kind of on and off so um what what's the deal with the best friends gimmick are are they like is it supposed to be that in real life they're actually best friends yeah I think what the whole gimmick I think like they knew each other like from childhood or something like that and so now they're kind of running this whole best friend gimmicks they uh, hold each other's hands one of their big <laughs> big spots in the match is they do a hug. I, I, I loved how when we went to see them in Lakeland, they kept hugging, but Rocky Romero was like the outside friend, like like uh, basically Trump Beretta's like, I got my best friend over here, and I got my best friend over here, but the two best friends don't like each other. Right. You know? And uh, I really dig that gimmick, and uh, when they finally, the moment that we saw the six-man tag match, and if, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this right now, I don't know when it's going to air, but we watched a six-man tag in Lakeland with uh, those those three guys against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Awesome match. It's going to air on free TV. Um, I don't... What are they running on? Comet still? Yeah. Also, I mean, probably the easiest way to watch it, you go to... Online? Oh, yeah. Online, rhwrestling.com. They have the on-demand section. 
or you can download the Fight TV app. That's F-I-T-E, Fight TV app. Um, they air Ring of Honor every Monday at 7, right before Raw comes on. Um, I think so, they just got a new a new TV deal, uh, like online or something like that. Yeah, and they Ring of Honor did announce that they are planning to launch their own streaming service in 2018. So be on the lookout for that. So um, Chucky T and the whole best friend thing with Beretta is definitely funny. Um, their first match in the World Tag League, um, you can definitely tell the crowd, you know, obviously they weren't familiar with the whole best friend things, <laughs> with them hugging and holding hands, but um, as they work throughout the tournament, you can see the crowd. Are they start to get it. Yeah, they're starting to understand the whole best friends gimmick, and I think they are a great addition to the heavyweight tag team scene, and I think if New Japan... They need them. Yes, if New Japan can... Because uh, Beretta is already a signed New Japan guy. If they go ahead and sign Chucky e. T and make the best friends a full-time heavyweight tag team, that would be a great uh, thing to lift that tag division up. Well, this... Well, a couple things. One, when we saw them, and the the one spot for the match that I really popped for was when Rocky Romero, Chucky e. T, and Trent Beretta finally all decided to hug together. Yeah, the big hug. The big hug as a group, because all throughout the match, they kept teasing that they are going to do the hug, but they kept excluding Rocky Romero. So funny. <laughs> yeah. But, um... For me, I never seen those guys work together. I know Trent Beretta, but I got the gimmick right away just yeah. because they te- they're good at tell- telling stories. Right. This past year, when Trent Beretta, uh, when they lost the the match, Rapongi Vice lost that match to the Young Bucks at the G One Special, and they announced he was going to go off as an own. I was like, that's great. You know, this guy's going to be awesome in the heavyweight division. But they're so loaded with talent. He's awesome, and yeah. uh, he's one of the you know misused guys from WWE that's thriving on the indies, but. Is there really a place for him in the in the upper mid card? Yes, but in the main event scene, maybe if they got behind. But right now, probably not. Yeah, I think he'd be better off um, in the best friends tag team exactly. and working that heavyweight tag division. They're actually the number one contenders for the Ring of Honor tag titles. We're going to talk about Final Battle a little bit later. They're going to be facing uh, the Machine Guns at Final Battle, but we'll talk about that later. Um, as much as they've like hot shotted the titles in recent years and kind of. Uh, made them not that important there's still prestige in the eyes of the Japanese fans and there's still uh, credibility when you hold that belt and so because they go off a ranking system so the fact that Trent Beretta is in a heavyweight tag team and not a junior tag team it helps him bridge that gap between finding his footing and the fact of the matter is this past year has been pretty abysmal when it comes to heavyweight. And, I mean, it's been that way for several years. Right. So to bring in a guy like Chuck T and Trent Beretta, who can – these guys are really athletic. They can, they can work their really, ass off. They yeah. freaking work. And um, they can get good matches out of pretty much any of those heavyweight guys. And they're small enough to where – they're big enough to be heavyweights, but they're small enough to uh, let these guys get heat off them while they're working. And they can play cowardly heels too. So, I mean – it's it's a really good spot for Trent Beretta if they keep if they do in fact keep Chuck Taylor. I don't know if they are or not, but they right. should. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll find out eventually what who's going to get signed after this uh, tournament concludes. And then we met, uh, we mentioned uh, Jeff Cobb. He's teaming with Michael Elgin. What a freaking team, dude. Uh, Jeff Cobb, he's a, definitely an indie darling. He's been having amazing matches with guys like uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. I saw him have a good match last year at Mania during Rev Pro. He lost to Martin Stone. That was the first time I saw him live. Uh, obviously, he's he's the monster Montenzo Cueto, who uh, it was funny when he debuted on that show. We got built up for years this monster, and then this uh, short guy comes out, yeah. and you're and they they've been building it like he was Big Show size or something, you know. And you're like, what or like Great Kali, and he comes out, and you're like, what is this? And then when he starts destroying dudes yeah he's, he's so believable yeah because i mean he might be short but he is wide he is jacked he's a former olympian he has those amazing suplexes he's a suplex machine and dude. um he's just he has that freaky uh cesaro strength uh, he might be stronger than cesaro bro yeah and then you have put so you put him in a team with Michael Elgin, who's pretty much almost the same exact body build. I think Cobb might be a little bit bigger. I don't uh, know. Elgin, I think Elgin's a little taller. Yeah, but Elgin might be a little bit taller, but I think uh, Cobb's a little bit wider. And um, their tag matches have been great so far. Just seeing uh, Cobb just 
throwing people around, and the Japan crowd is really taking a liking to Cobb of because he's a big dude as far as being you know strong, and he's just tossing everybody around with suplexes. I mean, they're right there in that whole uh, you know there's a there's this tradition in Japan of these gaijin because of the sport centric uh, nature of Japanese wrestling, um, and of course there, there's other types of Japanese wrestling, but on the the big leagues it's so sports centered. You have this history of big athletic guys like Big Van Vader, Stan Hansen, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, um, you know. Which, uh, Dr. Death is, uh, reminds me a lot, Michael Elgin reminds me a lot of Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Yeah, um, Scott Norton. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the one guy who's in the uh, the Rocks family who was in, uh, who was in uh, UWF who is always – uh, suplexing everybody. I forget his name. He also wore he always wore the red singlet. Dang it, I forgot. But um, I'll, I'll find out. But <laughs> but there these guys these um these guys would go over there and they would present themselves for the most part like sports centered you know giant American you know dudes who could suplex and larry and you know powerbomb the crap out of you right and that's what elgin when elgin first came in the g1 i was like he's perfectly made for new japan Cobb's the same way yeah and i think i mean that's another guy whether they sign him to be in a tag team or sign him to be singles i think jeff cobb can have a great uh, run in New Japan wrestling. I mean, they don't seem to have a really high spot for Michael Elgin right now. So why not um, sticking with Cobb for the rest of the year and, like we said, help that uh, heavyweight tag division out and run Cobb and Elgin as a full-time tag team? I think that would definitely uh, create some fresh matchups for that heavyweight tag division and uh, bring some intrigue to it. Gary Albright. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Gary Albright, that's who that was. Oh, Gary Albright yeah. was freaking... Uh, you ever seen him wrestle? Yes, I have, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, he was and he was And he was actually a legit uh, shooter. He could yeah. really, like, fight and really wrestle. He's awesome. Um, but, yeah, that tag team is so intriguing to me. Now, the, the, the big thing here that we're, we've been talking about is, um, you know, what's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom? There was many fans who were like... You, you got these two awesome gaijin coming in, this this gimmick. We don't have a place for Michael Elgin on the main card yet, and he's one of the top stars. Could he be in that tag uh, lineup for Wrestle Kingdom? And from what I'm hearing, and there's been a lot of speculation, as of yet, Jeff Cobb is not signed to New Japan, and Jeff Cobb is not booked for Wrestle Kingdom in any capacity. Which, I mean... That could change. It could change, but, but it's not likely. They're like tournament favorites, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans want to see them be one of the main guys that mm-hmm. that either win the tournament or play a part in that. And uh, so far, they're they're doing well in the tournament. Uh, I don't. They haven't lost yet, right? Uh, yes, they have. They as did? of right, yeah. Because as of this recording, um, the in the B block standings, they only have four points. Gotcha. Uh, um. And the, the B block is so much better than the A block. Yeah, the year. B block is stacked. Um, you have War Machine, Killer Elite Squad, The Best Friends, Gorillas of Destiny, uh, like we mentioned, Cobb and Elgin, and then uh, there's they, they, Ishii and Yano and uh, Finley and Kitamura and uh, Henare and uh, Togi Makabe. So what? That's like the Raw show, and then uh, the other one's the SmackDown show. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, the A block you have Suzuki and Izuka, which is just a rough team. I'm I sad to say that because Suzuki's one of my favorite guys. Right. And th- they are awful. I mean, out of all the people in Suzuki Gun, they could have picked anybody else to be. They should have put him in there with Desperado. Right. Anybody could have been. Taka. Seriously, yeah. But they chose Azuka, and that's those matches have been. Ugh. They yeah. they basically took the three top teams of this past year in the heavyweight division. They took Killer Elite Squad, War Machine, and God, who they've all been feuding, and they put them in the same block. block. Yeah, I would have put one of those teams in the A block. They desperately needed it. Well, it's very confusing because um, what they do many times on these shows, and they did this last year, God ended up running on the opposite end and in the finals they ended up beating the tag champions isn't that how it went I'll have uh, to look again I Actually, thought I uh, Makabe 
Um, yeah, they went up against Makabe and Hanma. Oh, right. they lost to Makabe yeah, and Hanma. They lost. That's right. But uh, the reason I, I remember it, you know why I'm thinking of they won was because they won the uh, the spiritual award where they had a great match and they sucked all year. <laughs> G.O.D. is so much better now than they were a year ago. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so but the fact the fact of the matter was Makabe and Hanma, I think didn't G.O.D. beat the champions in the tournament and that's why they ended up in the uh, triple threat at Wrestle Kingdom? Yes, I believe so. So yeah, so many times if you beat the champions in the tournament, you have a future, even if you don't win the tournament, you have a uh, title shot down the road. But if you win the tournament, you get a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Many times they'll book multi. Last year they did it as a multi-man match. Yeah. Um, and then another one of the guys in the last one that uh, we should talk about is uh, Sammy Callahan. He's also in the A block. Uh, teaming with Juice Robinson, they call themselves the Death Juice. Uh, both of these guys, uh, uh, former NXT stars, Juice Robinson was CJ Parker, Sammy Callahan was uh, Solomon Crow. I always forget his name was Solomon Crow. I just think <laughs> him as Sammy Callahan. Yeah, both of these guys um, misused by NXT. Well, for me, I'm not really a big Sammy Callahan fan. I don't know what it is. I've been watching him in Ring of Honor in the Indies, and I saw his run in NXT, and I just don't get it. I've never really bought into him, and I've never really been into his matches. And then uh, the stuff he's doing now here in Japan, he has this new gimmick where he, like, kisses his opponents on the lips and he's spitting on people it's really weird that that has been weird i will say i liked his gimmick a lot in lucha underground his, he's had some he had some awesome tag matches last year in evolve i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm an expert on sammy callahan i haven't seen everything he's done i saw him in nxt i thought his promo work right out the gate was really good i thought he was gonna be a star and then nothing happened with that um, I did see him wrestle last year at RevPro at WrestleMania weekend. He, uh, I actually saw him wrestle the young boy, Jay White. <laughs> you mean uh, Switchblade? Switchblade. Jay White. <laughs> uh, I saw Jay White uh, beat that man with a uh, Boston Crab, which is pretty dope. <laughs> but um, he, he's definitely a great – he's a good worker. Uh, he's got a cool character. Uh, now, I got to admit to you guys, at this current time, I promise you, by the time we finish recording the follow-up episode that will drop after the finals, I will have seen all the matches that I want to see from this tournament. (laughs) I can't tell you that I'm going to watch everything, but I will have watched something from everybody, and I'll watch the stuff that is highly recommended and, you know, what I think is interesting. I don't think very many people can actually watch the entire tournament if we're just being realistic. With that being said, um, I haven't seen the gimmick, but I've I heard about him like kissing Kojima. Yeah, he's kissed Kojima and like pretty much all his opponents, even like his partner Juice, he'll kiss, and then it's a lot of like spitting on his opponents too. It's I saw a really funny uh, interview after the uh, after that night where Tenzan was like, "Why did he kiss Kojima?" <laughs> he said, "Even I haven't kissed Kojima." <laughs> and then he like I think he was making a joke, but it's always hard to tell because it's in Japanese. He's like. He, like, acted like he was crying. He's like, he stole Kojima from me. (laughs) (laughs) So those are, like, the three, uh, you know, foreign stars that have been brought in. Um, Talking more about these blocks, I do think it's interesting because, I mean, are the champions going to go? The champions right now are Killer Elite Squad, right? Right, and that's the team of Davey Boy Smith Jr. That's the son of the British Bulldog and Lance Archer. You might remember Lance Archer. He, he was um, a pretty uh, big star in TNA. He teamed up with Kid Cash, and then he had a small run in uh, WWE ECW as Vance Archer. Oh, that's right, Vance Archer. Um, so they he's have, they've been on Ring of Honor television. I've seen them wrestle there. They've been killing it on the Indies. They've killed it overseas especially they were uh, big stars in Noah I think they re- did they wrestle in all Japan I'm pretty sure Killer Elite Squad I think was there. so I mean these guys have great size I'm surprised I mean this is a team I think Vince McMahon would sign up in a heartbeat if he saw them um, he would have to watch Japanese wrestling first right I mean well I'm sure somebody <laughs> would just show him a picture and he'll be like god damn pal <laughs> sign that uh, Bulldog Jr. and that and Lance guy oh um, man but uh, so I'm wondering like are they gonna go undefeated and then lose in the finals which they've done in the past but 
I mean, all, all the best teams that you would want to see them wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom are in the same block as them. Right. Which makes me think they're probably... <clears throat> I don't know how they're going to do it, but maybe they end up doing some kind of multi-man tag match. Well, for years they did that with the juniors. Right. They they did, like, the junior tag and multi-mans, and then they broke that this past year with the Young Bucks. Yeah, they're challenging uh, Rapungi 3K. Is that what they're doing? Yes. That's the official match? Yeah. So they're not doing a multi-man? No, it's Young Bucks versus Rapungi 3K. Well, we got to get multiple guys on this card right now, because the, the... And hats off to New Japan right now for having this card so fully booked almost already um does it take away some of the intrigue a little bit yes but i mean how many years have we watched wwe and been like a month three weeks away and we still don't know some of the matches you know that are gonna happen at wrestlemania right it's crazy it's crazy and like Uh, we're we were in early november we knew we were in august we already knew the main event we knew the majority of the big matches that were gonna happen and they were well booked too. No one's compl- no. I haven't heard anyone on any message boards being like uh, complaining about this. The booking of this show. Yeah, I have a feeling that uh, Killer Elite Squad's going to win the tournament, and then they're going to do a multi-man match at Wrestle Kingdom. Is my my guess right now. They did a they did a really cool interview. Uh, it's on New Japan uh, their website right now. You can also catch it online with Sonata and Evil. And uh, they were in full character gimmick mode while they were talking. And well, I think they kind of just do that over in Japan, anyways. Like they don't really play right. character. They don't expose the business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were like talking about who they don't want to face in the tournament. And they came straight out and said they really didn't want to face Davy Boy and Lance Archer. Um, and they kind of said because they were too greasy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sonata said that uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. looks like he's just super oily and he just <laughs> he'll be slipping around trying to do moves up to him that kind of brings me back to like grease uh, i don't know if you ever heard about grease skate in the ufc no. B- bj penn when he fought gsp and uh they said that they actually changed the rules in the ufc because they used to uh put the uh vaseline on the or on the guy's face yeah and apparently gsp wiped it off and put it on his body because they put excess and so bj said he couldn't beat him because he was too slippery basically <laughs> so that's what sonata said yeah sonata's on that that uh, Dave Boy is too slippery, but um, I mean that the the B block is is awesome. Plus, like um, looking at some of the other teams just right off the bat, like Dave Finley is due for a push. Man, that's one of those guys that I thought was going to break out this year and really didn't. Yeah, uh, they pretty they chose uh, Jay White over Dave Finley. Um, for the push there, because both of those guys were young lions and were kind of in the same class, and they they often team together on shows. But uh, they sent Jay White on an excursion to Ring of Honor, and now he's back with the Switchblade character. They should send Davey to like ICW or like Progress, right? Maybe send him back to Europe because of his dad, and let him just do that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Dave. If fin- they're not gonna push the guy. Yeah, he definitely needs an excursion somewhere, and then come back with something different. Um, he he's teaming up with um, Kita Mora, who's a young lion. Who's like I would say? Would you agree? Is like the standout of that class right now? Yes. Between I think he's the head trainer too. Between, like by. Yeah. Between him and Kawato. Those guys are the two top young lions, and we're going to explain to you guys all about what a young lion is a little bit later when we talk about the Young Lions Cup. Um, But yeah, Kitamura, he's pretty much uh, size-wise like a Japanese Brock Lesnar. This guy is huge. You know what? You know what? I am so sorry (laughs) because I still sometimes get some of these guys uh, confused. Kitamura is definitely not the standout. It's definitely Kawato. Kawato. Well, the I mean, I think I like I think Kitamura has been a standout too, and what I've seen from his look. From his look, I mean, but even like in some of his matches, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the Young Lions Cup. I mean, he's done a lot of selling, and yeah, he sells a lot, and he's he's he sells pretty good. Some of his office offense is very. Uh, it's it's. Not, it's not fluid yet. You know what I right. mean. Right. You can tell there's a huge difference because he didn't start till this year, even though he was in the same class as like, uh, like Oka and some of those guys. But he started a year later, and there's a huge difference because he hasn't been wrestling the way that they have. I think he'll be good in time, but he is older, so I think they're wanting to uh, pull the, 
you know the trigger, trigger on with him. him. Yeah, he's got a great look, but um, yeah, I confuse him with, with uh, Kawato. Kawato, because Kawato is the man. Yeah, um, we'll talk about those guys a little bit later in the Young Lions Cup. Um, let's see some other teams in here and the. A block, another uh, kind of weird thing they did. They put two Bullet Club teams in the A block. You have the team of Hangman Page and uh, Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp, and then also the team of Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Those are the two Bullet Club teams in the A block, and they got they had to face off against each other. Uh, I did see that match actually. It's the only match I saw. <laughs> um, I don't know why it was on like Twitter, and I just checked it out. What I liked about it was that when the match started, so we get this in the G1 all the time when these uh, guys start out like where, like, oh, you lay down and then, oh, I'm going to pin you. And then the other guy is like, no, I'm not going to. And then he kicks out. And you didn't really get that with this match. They kind of actually wrestled. Right. Well, at first, you know, they were kind of just uh, two sweeting each other and just kind of hugging it out and kind of going slow. But then as the match picked up, then they started kind of wrestling each other and trying to get the one up on each other. And so it's in, in a way, kind of a comedy match and uh, bad luck Folly and Chase Owens ended up winning that match. Chase Owens stole the pin off of uh, Hangman Page of a schoolboy which caused a little argument at the end of the match, but ultimately they uh, all two sweeted each other. Well, Hangman Page was trying to get them to do the one sweet <laughs> since, you know, they got the cease and desist, and there was a backstage uh, segment, one of the backstage interviews, Hangman Page was trying to explain to them that they got a cease and desist, and they, <laughs> they can't do the two sweet anymore, they should be doing the one sweet, but... All the other bullet, all those guys are like, no, we want to do two sweets. Well, because some of them are real Bullet Club members, and some of them, I, to me now, it's like uh, NWO Red and Black and NWO Black and White. Right. It's sort of like that a little bit. Like to me, and it, maybe it's just me, but the guys in Japan are the real Bullet Club members. Everyone else is just kind of an extension. Well, I mean, technically, yes, because the Bullet Club is owned by New Japan and they choose who goes in the Bullet Club but on as far as a popularity level I mean guys like Bad Luck Fale Chase Owens and Takahashi uh, yeah, they're even, the even the girls of Destiny, they're, they're come on, Tamatanga. I saw a guy dressed up like Tamatanga in Lakeland. Yeah, we did, but I'm saying like they kind of get forgotten because they're not on Ring of Honor and they're not on being the elite. Well, so they're kind of they're the Bullet Club members that are they, not. If seen. they want notoriety, all they got to do is answer my emails that I've been sending out to them so they can come on this show, the Ace of Podcasts, get worldwide exposure, and we're going to get them over. That's what we're here to do. You hear that, guys? Uh, You Bullet Club members that are not on Being the Elite, you come on... Keeping it strong style, and we'll get you over. Can you imagine, like, trying to have to- like a interview with Tamatanga? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I uh, I think I'd be like pretty uh, like I don't know, intimidated by that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His promo this last year at like the G one and uh, the the, the G one like conference, and then during the G one match he had with Omega was pretty <laughs> was intense. Yeah. Um. So, looking at some of these teams in the A block, I mean, you got Nakanishi and Nagata together. And I love Nagata. And Nakanishi's, like, done a lot for the sport. But, I mean, that that third-generation team right there, ugh, that's tough. They've, yeah, that's... They've only got one win anyways. Yeah. You got Tenzan and... You got Tenkozi, which they held the titles this year. But it's 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 a nostalgia act almost at this point. Right. But even and even though it's a nostalgia act, they are still still pretty over. The crowd still They can still go. Knows all their spots. Well, Kojima can still go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Evil and Sonata is an awesome tag team. I'm yes. assuming they're probably the A block favorites still, right? Yes. And as of this recording, I mean there's a one, two, three, four, five way tie right now. For first place, um, so we'll see what happens. I'm sure they will be favored. I mean, they were. Well, were, they lost to Juice and Callahan, and they lost to Suzuki and Izuka. Okay. So going forward, they've got Ken, uh, Tenkoji and Goto and Yoshihashi, which uh, well, that's a chaos team. I would assume that they're gonna fit. I think they're gonna beat both those teams. Yeah, I and mean, finish with uh, what um, ten points. Yeah, 
And that's another team, uh, Goto and Yoshihashi. I mean, like we were, we talked about Yoshihashi in our debut episode, and just it's just he's just missing something. And um, he's teamed up with Goto, which I I love Goto. Sometimes uh, I've heard Goto be compared to uh, Dolph Ziggler in the fact that they are both really great wrestlers. They have some popularity, but there just seems to be something missing to get them in as a main eventer, as a world champion, main eventing big shows. Well, the big difference there, though, is Ziggler's held a world title, and Goto never has. Right. But he's challenged many, many times unsuccessfully, and it's one of the things that actually adds prestige to that belt. The fact that a guy like Goto, who, um, you know, like a Ziggler, they gave Ziggler, like, some... Uh, title runs just because because in the WWE everyone gets a title run in New Japan you could be Goto who maybe one day maybe not now but one day when it's all said and done might wind up with a Hall of Fame career and never hold that belt right Uh, so that's pretty crazy but yeah he's a fantastic worker Chaos has kind of been in shambles over the last few years it looks like this year they were more uh, cohesive they try to bring some more cohesiveness to them but I mean, no one, no one realistically is expecting Goto and uh, Yoshihashi. I mean, maybe they would. They got to get him on the card somehow. Well, he's probably gonna be in the never uh, yeah. scene at Tokyo Dome. So I don't assume they're gonna do much better in the tournament going forward. Yeah. Um, another chaos team that's in the B block: uh, Ishii and Toroyano. Um, and Toriano uh, can kind of be described almost like a Santino Morella kind of of New Japan. He's a comedy wrestler. He looks for a lot of low blows. He pulls off the turnbuckle pads. You ever seen when he was a shooter? No, I have not. I heard he. I heard he was, <laughs> um, but I have not seen that. I've only seen the comedy version of Yano, and I find it. Um, absolutely hilarious. It's hilarious. Him and uh, Kenny Omega had a hilarious match in the G1 this summer that a lot of uh, New Japan purists were not happy about, but I thought it was very entertaining. It's uh, pro wrestling, man. Right. It's the G1. You, you, come on. And they're another interesting team because you got Ishii, who is, you know, the stone pit bull, hard hitting guy. Uh, we call him the uh, the best, best bad, bad body, body wrestler, wrestler in the industry. I mean, he just destroys people in the ring. And then you have this goofball Toro Yano, who's trying to you know win with a schoolboy or poking you in the eye or low blowing you. Well, they didn't win the G one or the tag tournaments last year, but they ended up in in there anyways because they stole the uh, trophies. Yes, uh, Yano was stealing his trophies, and then they stole the tag titles, and then they won at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> which I think many most of that is based on the fact that Ishii is the Iron Man of New Japan he's the unsung hero of New Japan um, he's not one of the top four guys but based on the fact that he's maybe better than I mean I'm saying this like I'm not I'm some, you can shoot me all you want he might be the best wrestler in the world right now right Okay, and, and, and I, I mean, that's high praise. He's just as good as Omega or Okada or Naito right now. And the fact that you got that guy who can go and he puts his body on the line. And then you got Yano, who is one of the most popular. He's one of the most – he sells so much merchandise in Japan. He's one of the biggest stars they have over there, believe it or not, because his comedy act is so over. So that's why they won the tag titles, plus to kind of uh, – bolster you know the strength of chaos as a uh as a you know faction as a faction going out of uh g1 last year or i'm sorry out of wrestle kingdom sorry excuse me um so is there anything else we should be covering on the world tag league what are your so as we sit right now in the b block Hanson and we didn't even talk about War oh Machine. War Machine yeah how can we forget about those guys we didn't really talk about Gorillas of Destiny either yeah all right let's talk about those two teams and they've actually been feuding a lot this year this year all year long 
Uh, they wrestled so many times this year. They've been uh, pretty good matches, though. Yeah, we it, got we got to see um, Hanson at the Ring of Honor tape, and for some reason, Raymond Rowe was not there. Was he not there? No, because uh, Hanson got jumped by uh, Daniels and Kazarian, and nobody came to save him. And then Hans, he was in that weird... Um, the mixed match uh, eight man tag thing they did. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, that was a good match. Um, so yeah, War Machine, they're a Ring of Honor tag team. Um, They've been tag team champions. Um, they're the IWGB champions right now. They're another one of those big Gaijin no, uh, Killer Elite Squad of champions right now. Oh yeah, yeah, they're not the champions. I'm sorry. Excuse they me. were, they were the champions. They champ- were the champions. Yeah. They just recently lost um, the titles to yeah. the Elite Squad, but they were the champions for a majority of, of the this year. year. Yeah. Um, and they're another one of those teams that are very similar. Their their wrestling style is not similar to Elgin and Cobb, but I mean they're huge. they're huge. They're two huge Viking looking guys. Um, and in Japan, that's gonna get over. Hanson, the stuff he does for his size is crazy. Um, he's out there, you know, doing dives and flips and drop downs and leap frogs. Um, I mean, this guy, he's 6'3", 293 pounds. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's out here flipping around like he's Seth Rollins, <laughs> um, diving and, or like he's Ricochet, diving and flipping all over the like place. Like he's Luke Harper. I'm, excuse me, <laughs> Harper. Yeah. Um, he Brody, does, <laughs> yeah, Brody Lee. Brody Lee. He does suicide dives. I mean, Hanson is crazy. I like Rowe too. He has a lot of hard hitting strikes, and they're you know been one of the few things that have been salvaging the heavyweight tag division this past year. Yeah, because they go out there and they put their work boots on. They work hard every time. And I think um, they they're they kind of remind me a little bit of uh, Legion of Doom a little bit. Yeah, the Road Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, except, for, I mean, there, and we've got other members of the Social Suplex Network who are adamant that the Road Warriors suck. I am, I am vehemently opposed to that because in my book, the Road Warriors are the greatest tag team that dude. Of all when time. I was a kid, dude, I loved the freaking Road Warriors. The Road dude. Warriors are awesome. The Road Warriors in Japan were awesome. Uh, in in my book, if we had to compare some of these teams to some of the teams of yesteryear. Hanson and Rowe War Machine is going to be more similar to a Road Warriors, whereas Elgin and Cobb are going to be more similar to like a Steiner Brothers combo right. in this tournament. Yeah, this is great analogies. Um, and then let's talk about uh, Gorillas of Destiny. It's Tama Tonga and Tangaloa. They are brothers and they are the sons of Haku. Of Ming. Yes. Yeah, King Haku. Um, the Tonga Kid. Was he the Tonga Kid? I don't I'm not hundred <laughs> percent. I can't guess on that. Um, um, so it's a mixed bag with them. You have the nights where they're on and they're and they're good, they're great, and then you have the nights where they are just awful. Right. Um, Tangaloa, he was in the NXT as Camacho. You may remember him as Camacho. Um, he's gotten a lot better since those days, and Tamatango's also gotten a lot better since his early days in New Japan. He was good in the G1 this year. Yeah, he was really good in the G1. He was really um, good. He, you know what? Ah, oh, man. He, we, uh, we've we got the uh, New Japan Awards dropping. We might need to add him to uh, Most Improved of the Year. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, the, not those awards, we're going to be dropping them um, at the end of this week. And we're also going to be re- releasing a bonus show. Um, to- well, by the time that this show airs, it's already going to be out. Well, the the uh, the survey will be out. The but survey the, will be the out. bonus show will uh, drop a little bit after this, a couple days after this show. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about those year end awards. But uh, yeah, Tamatonga's definitely improved. Uh, they um, I mean, they were the champions at at a certain point this year as well, right? Yes. And um, I mean, they're one of the highlight teams of the Bullet Club. Um, you know, they're kind of like the heavyweight tag team as opposed to uh, the Young Bucks being the junior G-tag. tag team. And uh, they're good. You know, they're not always good, but when they're good, they're really good. They're one of the better tag teams in the world right now. Uh, at the end of, you know, at the end of the year, it's going to come down to their, their names are right up there with War Machine as being one of the better best tag teams of the year for New Japan. They're going to be one of the the candidates that I assume are going to get lots of votes. Right. I mean, War Machine, Gorillas of Destiny, and Killer Elite Squad are pretty much the three teams that have kind of been the backbone of the New Japan um, heavyweight tag division this year. 
Um, and the titles have kind of rotated between those three teams. And, I mean... I mean, so War Machine got a win over Killer Elite Squad uh, during this tournament. So, are we... I mean, it was probably already safe to assume that they were going to end up in the... Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom with them, but is that the route that they're going to go? Are they at this point? It almost feels like they're going to end up doing a four way again. Like, yeah, that's what I, I feel like. Killer Elite Squad is going to end up winning this thing, and then they're going to do a four way with Killer Elite Squad, War Machine, Gorillas really? of Destiny. You think Killer Elite Squad's winning? Yeah, I think Killer Elite Squad's winning. See, I don't. I think Evil and Sonata are going to win. Okay. I don't know. I, just, I mean, just looking at New Japan booking in general, yeah. it seems like someone from the A block has to win, unless you think they're doing a triple threat. They could do another triple threat. I mean, they've just got done doing a triple triple threat program. I mean, Evil and Sonata could win also, and that gets the. But I mean, this is supposed to be for the number one contendership, and somehow they have to get to a multi man match. Well, it's pretty easy. Uh, all they got to do at this point, um, Killer Elite Squad. What do they have left? They got. Best friends, Hanari and Makabe, and they've got God. I could easily see God going over. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, I mean, do you want your tag team champions to, to take three losses in the tournament? Though that's no, a lot. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's realistic, but I mean, I'm not the Booker. I'm not Gato. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's realistically going to happen, but. Is it the craziest thing in the world to think that maybe the gorillas have? To, I mean, they got to do something at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, they. I mean, they do. So. So I mean, could they? Could Killer Elite Squad take three losses and then? Uh, I mean, let's face it too. Um, Archer and Bulldog are not New Japan guys, even though they're there and they're signed. These are out. These are guys, Suzuki Gun guys, and Suzuki Gun guys are not necessarily. Strictly New Japan. They came over from Noah. That's where they made the the majority of their name and all that notoriety. I do see them as being the type of tag team that has been brought in to elevate the New Japan tag teams. To, yeah, definitely. To, to, to take to take the falls to these guys so that they can, because they're uh, an established team with a big name, big track record, former titleists, and I think that they're there to add credibility to to the tag division by taking the losses. Right. I think um, in twenty eighteen. You know, definitely keep going with War Machine, Killer Elite Squad, and Girls of Destiny. But they need to, they need to sign best friends. They need to sign Cobb and Elgin. Um, See, and I somewhat disagree with you to that point, Jeremy. I agree with like, yes, these are the, the, all the tag teams you named are awesome, but realistic. And yeah, I think in America, if they're going to do this U.S. expansion, those are all great guys to focus on. But in Japan. What really strong tag teams do they have for their product? You know that New Japan always likes to focus on building their homegrown talent. Right. And everyone that we just listed are all Gaijin teams. They're all Gaijin teams. teams. I do think that at some point they're going to need to boost one of these tag teams that are Japanese born and bred and bring them up. They got to because they don't have that right now. They haven't for a while. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what develops. I think Tenkoji was like the last really <clears throat> dominant Japanese tag team in the heavyweight division, really, if you think about it. Yeah, probably. They had an awesome run. And, I mean, and, and like looking at these blocks, there's not really a strong, I mean, probably the strongest team, the strongest Japanese team is probably Tenkoji. Uh, Tenkoji and then maybe Evil and Sonata. Evil and Sonata, yeah. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the idea that maybe they run with Evil and Sonata because those two guys are the they're the top two guys uh, in the heavyweight division underneath Naito and I mean yeah are they going to do are they the triple they're the triple threat yeah they're the six man tag tag champions champions, though aren't they Um, Evil Sonata and Bushi there's the um, the never six man tag champions um, they could also lose those titles on a road to show. On the road to show, because those titles <clears throat> are the least significant in New Japan, and then go for the tag titles. But it's just like to me, it's like Sonata and Evil is one of the most improved wrestlers this year. He headlined a show against Okada for crying out loud. 
he he was great in the G1. I mean, not every match was stellar, but he had some. That match with Okada was freaking awesome. Uh, he's one of the most improved guys. And Sonata, Sonata. Yeah, I mean, Evil's another one of those guys. We talked about excursions earlier. Evil's one of those guys who benefited from uh, doing an excursion of Ring of Honor and then coming back with this evil gimmick and joining Los Ingobernables de Japón. And um, it's really elevated him. Like you mentioned, he had the world title uh main event with Okada and he's really becoming one of the standout members of LIJ yeah so I think we've pretty much was there anything we want to talk about this tag tournament uh, beyond this I think this is about it Um, we'll come back next week and we'll go over the finals of the tag league and I'm sure they'll have the the match for Wrestle Kingdom 12 announced so we'll talk about that we'll come back with some match recommendations too guys so that those of you who are not actively following it you know we will tell you hey this is worth uh, checking out. I'm sure there have been some... some. There's not going to be anything five stars, but there's going to be something worth checking out. And I mean, it's that time of the year, so like we talked about, so yeah. Um, and so there's also another tournament, a round-robin tournament that's going on right now in New Japan, which is called the Young Lions Cup. Um, Josh, kind of explain uh, what the Young Lions Cup is and kind of this the young boy system that they have. Okay, so yeah, so the, the the Young Lions Cup is a tournament that they have done um, on and off in Japan. Well, in New Japan specifically over the years. Um, the first Young Lions Cup, let me take a look here. I have to go back. But the first Young Lions Cup was like in the 80s, I believe. And they, they haven't done one since about 2005. Uh, essentially, it's been it's been years. So yeah, 1985 was the first Young Lions Cup. Yeah, 85, and then they did it uh, every year until like 87. Then they picked it back up in the mid 90s until 90. So from 93, 96, it ran, and then they did it again a couple more times in the 2000s. But essentially, in the past, it's been a round robin tournament, sometimes single elimination, but mostly a round robin tournament where young stars like the stars of tomorrow, guys who have gone not strictly in the past. It hasn't strictly been young boys or or young lines, but it's major majorly been made up of guys that have gone through the New Japan Tokyo system and they haven't had any kind of real notoriety. Maybe they just. Um, to, to kind of familiar you guys with what we're talking about here, if you're not familiar, uh, New Japan has a school called the uh, New Japan Dojo. And the guys that come and train there to become wrestlers, they go through a very strict, very regimented um, training system that is also kind of like a wrestling cl- Like when I say uh, class, I don't mean like, you know, what I mean is like a societal class sort of thing. So these guys are the students, essentially. When they come in, not only are they learning how to wrestle, learning the fundamentals and the basics, they also are being taught, um, you know, they they cook for the other wrestlers on the New Japan roster. They do their laundry. They carry their bags. They drive them around. They're responsible for, um, you know, kind of uh, – taking care of the other wrestlers during wrestling matches you'll see these guys in new japan uh like shirts usually like red and white and they 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 sit by ringside because they're there to learn and study the best wrestlers they also will protect the crowd when fights break out and uh go into the crowd they're they're responsible for yeah, like they're pretty much paying really paying their dues before they can become a star and so some of these guys that have that have graduated from the class, right? So they're higher up now. Um, they're ready to make their debuts. Usually when they come onto um, onto the scene, they all wear the exact same. Uh, nothing flashy. They wear black boots, black trunks, no knee pads. If they wear anything else, they have to get it approved. Usually it's. I mean. Um, there's very few guys that are allowed to do anything beyond that. And, and as they – they're always on the opening cards or if they do tag, they'll usually tag with like a legend like a, uh, like a Tanahashi or a Nagata, some, someone who's higher up on the card that they can really benefit from. But they always take the loss. Right. And I think like you're mentioning about not having anything extra. I think the only one in this current crop of guys that has anything extra is uh, Kitamura, who we talked about earlier. He's got that mouthpiece. Yeah, he has like the like a wolverine, like a fang, like a vampire fang. Like he's Andrei Arlovsky, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so like you mentioned, yeah, 
And their movesets too, when they first start, they um, don't really have their own finishing moves to begin with. Uh, many of them, they will just have one submission move that they're allowed to use, like a, a, a many times it's a Boston, Boston crab. crab. Yeah, their moveset is very basic. You know, they, they're pretty much, you know, you can only do these moves on your match. Go out there and do them. And everybody, for the most part, that is a homegrown talent that is in New Japan came up the same way. Okada came up this way. Tanahashi came up this way. Goto, Makabe, all these different guys. And they start out with this. And then what happens is as time goes on, they, they're always in the opening matches. As time goes on, they will start to develop somewhat of a character. Eventually, when they get their first win, which usually takes a while, it's a big moment for them. You'll see character development. They'll add more moves. They'll add a little Wait, bit. Wait, you mean New Japan has character development? <laughs> what? Yeah, they do. Who, who knew? Eventually, what they will do is uh, once they feel like the person is ready, they will send them away from the promotion and they will do a learning excursion, whether it be in an American uh, promotion or they'll go to Europe or they'll go to Mexico. But they will go on a, a, a period of time where they learn and develop a character. Right. And, you know, we've mentioned the excursions a couple times now. Um, this, this has really helped a lot of guys. Like we mentioned, it helped uh, Evil out. He did an excursion of Ring of Honor. Jay White did an excursion in Ring of Honor. Uh, Naito, he did an excursion in CMLL. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okada and, went to TNA. Yeah, oh my gosh. That was probably one of the worst excursions ever. Well, the thing is, even if, um, the, you know, like Sho and Yo just came back, right? And right. they were the Tempora boys. And some of these guys don't get, when they are when they go across these, they're not like booked like superstars or anything like that. They're there to learn. So they're sti- it's still a humbling experience, but they're develop- developing a character. When they come back... To New Japan, a New Japan already saw the the fan base that's there. They are familiar with who they were before, so it's like they saw them kind of come up, learn, graduate. They went away, so now they're wondering when are these guys going to come back? And when they come back, there's anticipation for it. Right. They're a new character. They they're excited. It it's it's basically like a way to. You know, WWE will bring in someone from outside and it's this big deal or, you know, a company will bring someone from outside. It's a big deal. But in Japan, they bring the guys they bring from the outside are their own guys that they just sent away. It's an ingenious, uh, you know, method of building anticipation for 